Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Maybe not a message you're used to hearing on a, on a Wednesday night, but I felt this is what the Lord was really pulling me in this direction for this evening from James chapter number 3. James is an interesting book. It really is about basic Christianity and, 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 and just basic things in church and things that Christians are supposed to do and supposed to be. James chapter 1, James chapter 2, and they have much doctrine inside of both, and, uh, both of those chapters and all the way through the book. But then you get to James chapter number 3. James chapter number 3 is almost like a, it's almost like he's holding his breath in as he writes James chapter 3. And as he goes through it, he's talking about our words, and he's talking about our speech. The entire chapter is about our conversation. A little bit further down in James 3, you you hear, he really speaks about our conversation. Our conversation is more than just our words, it's more than just our speech, it's also our behavior. It goes even as much as our behavior and the way we behave towards people and the way that we act towards people but James chapter 3, verses 5 through 8 is really what the, we're going to focus on tonight of our words and our speech. He says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. You know what? A lot of hurt, a lot of destruction, a lot of pain, a lot of problems come from our words. I think we can all attest that at some point in our life, at some point in time, we said something to somebody that got us in a lot of trouble. If you're a husband in here, you know exactly what that is. We put our foot in our mouth more than we do anything else, don't we? And uh, you know what it's like to do that, to use your words for hurt. Interestingly enough, as he goes on in verse number 7, he says, For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of the things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. We can put snakes in boxes. We can put lions in cages. We can put bears behind a fence. We can put wolves behind a fence. We can put all of those things in zoos. We can put them in circuses. We can tame them, so to speak, because we are man. Those are great beasts that it's mentioned there. Uh, things that are great, very poisonous. Things that are very harmful. Think about the fowls of the air and how far they can, they can fly out of our reach. And some of the creatures in the oceans, how far they can, they can sink into the ocean away from us. And the Bible tells us that all of those things have been tamed. And yet there's one beast that walks around all the time. There's one beast that goes beyond every border that we try to put it in, goes, breaks out of every cage that we try to put it in, uh, re- disregards all guidelines, and yet nobody's running from it. A long time ago, I was uh, helping out at a church, and they had this little play area for the kids outside of the church, and I decided to walk out of it, and I walked right out the, the, front, or the middle doors that led out the back of the church, and I left both church doors open, and I realized where the kids were playing was a gigantic Doberman Retriever. Huge dog. It was like extra big or something, you know? I don't know what they fed that thing, but it was enormous. This huge dog, and they used all these little itty-bitty kids, and this huge dog is coming running up. And so I'm going to be the hero, right? And I take off running after that, disregarding the two doors that are wide open, full of, of ladies inside. And I run over there to get to him. And of course, the dog runs past me, runs down the church, runs down the aisles. Everybody's going crazy because I let this Doberman Retriever run into the church. If 
Finally, I caught it and I ran it out. And, and you know, it scared them and it got them startled. There's one beast that walks around all the time and yet nobody gets startled by it. Uh, no, no, nobody's shy around it. Nobody's scared of it. And that beast is our tongue and the words that we use. Our words have so much power inside of them. So much power. Sometimes we don't realize it. And number one, I have just a few points for you tonight, but number one in our message this evening is underestimating its influence. Sometimes we underestimate its influence. We underestimate our words. Verse number five, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Don't quote me on this, but I believe that the tongue, it, it, it may be a very small muscle, but it's also one of the most strong muscles in our body. It's very strong. And, and yet it's something that we forget about and we underestimate its influence. He says that it's a little member, yet it boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Little words lead to great hurt. Sometimes, you know, we think that we say to people really doesn't matter. We let so much conversation, so many words come out of our mouth that we don't even think of. But on this earth, we are accountable for the words that we say. Say, I don't believe you. Well, the next time you get pulled over by a police officer, some of you chuckle, The next time you get pulled over by a police officer, say whatever you want. Say anything sarcastic to the police officer, and I guarantee you that police officer will hold you accountable to the words that you share with him. Most likely, he will up your ticket that would have been low, but instead he'd rather bump it up because some of the words that you shared with that police officer. We are accountable for the words that we use towards other people. You know, I would rather be responsible, I'd rather be accountable for the words of encouragement to somebody else rather than the words of destruction. I'd much rather be accountable and responsible for the words that was edifying to somebody and, and helped them and built them up. And little words lead to great problems. Man, if you want to make an argument get even worse or a conversation go sour, you can use certain words to make that conversation go in that direction. Don't underestimate its influence. Your your words, your speech, it's very powerful. It it can do a whole lot of damage. But on the other side of that, it can also do a whole lot of help and a whole lot of good. Little words lead to great hurt, but also little little words lead to great problems. He says, Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. I'll tell you a story I'm telling on us, and this is something that you can tease my father about later on, but my dad and I, we were outside, and this was years, years ago, and uh, I don't know what exactly we were doing. I have absolutely no idea exactly what we were doing, but you know the fire starter fluid stuff that you use to put on a charcoal grill or whatever, and you, you like the fluid, and it helps start a fire? Well, we had one of those bottles, but we had ran out of fluid. And so us being the geniuses that we are, decided to take kerosene and stick kerosene in the bottle instead. Well, they designed that starter fluid a certain way so that you can squirt it on the fire and the fire doesn't trail up the liquid. But kerosene doesn't work that way. It's very combustible. We take that thing and we fill it up with kerosene and and we go over to the fire and sure enough, we squirt onto it and would you know that the fire trailed all the way up to that bottle? Boy, you would never seen us move faster in our lives than we did that day. That fire went all the way to the bottle, just about burst the cap off. He threw that thing in the air. We tried to do everything we could to contain the fire. But that fire lit so quickly, and yet he compares our words just like that. Just, just a little matter. How, oh, behold, how, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. How much damage can a fire do? Psalms 52, verse 4 says, Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. 
God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living Selah. He says, man, he says, you're dev- the words that you use are so devouring and God will destroy that tongue. Proverbs 15.1 on the opposite side says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Just as powerful as our words can be used for evil, they can also be used for good. Don't underestimate the good you can do with your words. You know, some people, when they come to church, they just need somebody to come behind them, pat them on the back and say, Hey, brother, I'm, I'm praying for you. And sometimes just a, just a simple encouragement, just a simple pat on the back, just a simple saying, I'm praying for you, can go a long, long ways. Many requests were just mentioned, no doubt, on your prayer bullets, and there's many people that are in need, and some, some of them just need a, a, a handwritten letter to them. Some of them just need a phone call. Some of them just need somebody to say, hey, hey, brother, hey, sister, I'm praying for you, I'm here for you. Is there anything I can do? Just as good, uh, just as much evil as your words can do is, is also on the reverse side, it can do a whole lot of good. Don't underestimate its influence. Maybe you've had this in your life, and, and hopefully you have, but there's some people that God brings into your life that they are there at just the right time with just the right words. Have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever had somebody be there at just the right time with just the right words? It's a beautiful thing. I believe that that is, that is a, a thing of God. That is a providential thing. That God will bring people in your life that are there at just the right time with just the right words. I remember times in high school. I remember times in, in, in even in graduating from high school. I remember times in college. I remember times uh, even here recently that somebody was there at just the right time with just the right words, and it helped me. Sometimes in your life, people will be there and have just the right words at just the right times, and you will have gone a certain direction, but because God brought one person in your life to say something to you encouraging, you decided to go the other way, and in the way of God. Don't underestimate its influence. But number two also is understanding its destruction. Verse number six, and the tongue is fire. A world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Let's look at the destruction of its course. Destruction of its course. Maybe you've heard of some of the fires in Los Angeles, and when I was in college, that, that was a major problem, and here recently it's been a major problem with all the fires that are going on, and I had helped out at one of the churches there close to the Los Angeles, or, or in the Los Angeles area, and from the church, they could smell the smoke of those fires. Man, if you've seen the news and you've been watching them, people would just weep because of their homes being destroyed. Other fires have been started, great wildfires, and, and, and yet some of those fires, after being investigated, have started from just a little fire because somebody was doing something they shouldn't be doing. Because somebody was doing something they shouldn't be doing and playing with fire they shouldn't be playing with, they set a fire off that destroyed many, many, many homes all over the area. And people weep and are crying, and that is a physical thing. You see this fire, you know, a wildfire is called wild because it's untamed. And the first responders and, and, and forest people, they try to contain that fire. And sometimes that fire just gets out of control. And many people get hurt. Many people lose their lives. And many people's homes are destroyed. Very interestingly enough, just as how fire can be used for damage, fire can also be used for good. If you've ever been involved in the forestry business, my brother-in-law has, so um, I'm, uh, he, he will probably correct me later on about this, and, and, and many of you might as well. But I believe there is what's called a backfire. A backfire. 
Uh, backfire is when the fire is coming this direction, they will go in and they will burn a line in front of it, so when that fire gets dead, it has nothing else to burn. Everything is already dead. And yet that fire was used for good and can save lives. Just as, as fire can be used for damage, it could also be good for, used for good. Just as your words can be used for destruction, they can also be used for edification and for encouragement. I find it very interesting in the Bible in Genesis how the form that the, ser- or that de- the devil took was the form of a serpent. The Bible is worded in a certain way. It says that he beguiled Eve and he tricked her with her, his words. Our, our, he, he went past every guideline. He questioned God's goodness. He questioned God's word. He questioned all of these things with his words. He took the perfect words of God and twisted them just enough to fit his agenda and hurt somebody with them. Our mouth breaks every guideline. It breaks every single barrier the destruction of its course, but also the source of its influence. Look at what he says at the end there of verse number 6. He says, It is set on fire of hell. Commentator writes, Observe, hence, hell has more to do in promoting the fire of the tongue than men are generally aware of. It is from some diabolical temptations and to serve some diabolical designs that men's tongues are inflamed. The devil is expressly called a liar, a murderer, an accuser of the brethren. And whenever men's tongues are employed in any of these ways, they are set on fire of hell. The Holy Ghost indeed once descended in Acts chapter 2. And where the tongue is thus guided and wrought upon by fire from heaven, there it kindleth good thoughts, holy affections, and ardent devotions. But when it is set on fire of hell, as in all undue hearts it is, there it is mischievous, producing rage and hatred, and those things which serve the purposes of the devil." As therefore you would de- dread fires and flames, you should dread contentions, reveling, slanders, lies, and everything that would kindle the fire of wrath in your own spirit or in the spirit of others. Your words of harm do not come from the Holy Spirit, folks. And every time that you go to say something about somebody else that's not going to lift them up is only going to tear them down. Remember that the fruit that you will yield is not the fruit from the Holy Spirit, it's the fruit from the devil. Every time you go to slander somebody else's character, every time you go to gossip about somebody, every time you go to, to say a word that you know you're not supposed to say, every single time you use your speech and your conversation to tear rather than to build, you're not going to yield a fruit that is from the Holy Spirit of God. You will only yield a fruit that is set on fire of hell. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and it is set on fire of hell. That is the type of fruit. I don't believe that too much good comes from lies. No good comes from slandering. No good comes from gossip. Some Yes, does it make us feel good at that moment? Maybe. But the fruit that you are yielding is not from God himself. Your words of harm are, are, are only yield the fruit of the devil. Uh, question yourself tonight. Where does my words originate from? Where do they come from? Where, what do they imitate? What are they like? Do they imitate the conversation befitting of the kingdom of God? Or are, are they befitting of another kingdom? We understand from biblically speaking that the kingdom of God dwells within every believer. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. And so the kingdom of God dwells within you. Is your conversation befitting of God's kingdom or is it befitting of somebody else's? Ask yourself, where does my words come from? Where did they originate from? Where did this slander, this lie, or this gossip come from? I can tell you this, it didn't come from God. It didn't come from him. 
Lastly, number three, we see unlikely examples. Man, this, I love this, this illustration. So many illustrations are given in James chapter three. He, uh, look, look back at verse number, verse number three. It says, behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small hem, whithersoever the governor listeth. He gives all these examples. He says, we put a bit in a horse's mouth. We have a governor in, in this helm that's on a ship, and yet even in the greatest of storms, that helm, whoever is the, the governor, can make that ship turn. He gives all these examples. But then he's going to give us another one, more of a natural one. It says in verse number 7, For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. Here we see a list of very different but very powerful animals being given. Let's look at their attributes. If you look at beasts, they're very powerful. They're known for their power. This could, could very well be talking about maybe lions or bears and their, their power, but there's also other beasts in the world there's, they're, they're, that are very powerful. They have power to them. Then he goes on, he talks about birds. The birds can soar so far out of our reach. He goes on, he talks about serpents and how sly they are. And and, and yet that's the same exact thing that the devil took. We see the sea creatures and the depths that they can sink to. Each being tamed by man. Every one of them being put in a cage. None can tame each other, but man can tame them. Their attributes. But also let's look at their flaw. Let's look at our flaw. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. And then he leaves a little colon there because he hasn't finished his thought. He says, but the tongue can no man tame. Of all the beasts in the world, and I already hit on this, but of all the beasts in the world, all, all of the, the great and powerful beasts, all of the birds in the sky, all of the creatures in the oceans and in the rivers, all of those things man can cage, but one thing man can't. And that's his mouth speech. Can't tame it. It's untamable. And all the while, the devil laughs because he knows that our sinful words only yield the fruit of his work. Lying, slandering, gossiping. It only yields his work. Out of all of the beasts in the world, out of everything, man is tamed. And yet man walks around with a beast all the time. And it's his mouth. How many people have I hurt because of my words? How many people's character have I slandered with my words? Uh, Folks, nothing ever good has ever come out of slander. Nothing good has ever come out of a gossip. Nothing good has ever come out of any of those things. They only yield a, a, a fruit that is even more harmful. Have you ever, when you were a child, you lied about something to your parents or you lied about something to your teacher? Because you lied about it, you get questioned more. And then another lie has to come out, and then another lie has to come out, and then another lie has to come out, and eventually, after a whole bunch of lies and have a whole bunch of, uh, uh, of deceitfulness, eventually you get to the point where you can't lie anymore, and you get in more trouble then than if you would have just told the truth from the beginning. Nothing good comes from a lie. We walk around with this beast, and yet nobody's scared, nobody runs. Because it's something we don't really think about, do we? And I encourage you, the next time that you go to, to use your words for something you know is wrong, ask yourself, where did these come from? Where did, where did this word originate from? Where did, these, where did my speech originate from? Why do I have this type of conversation inside of me? 
We've learned that our words have influence, that our words can hurt, and we cannot tame it, which leads us to this. Give your speech, give your conversation, give your words wholly to God. Fill your heart with good and not with junk. Luke 6, 45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of, a heart, of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. You say, what are you getting at? What comes in also goes out. What goes inside of your heart will eventually come out of your mouth for the whole world to see and the whole world to know. You can hide it as long as you want. You can be a fake for as long as you want. You can be a hypocrite for as long as you want, but eventually your mouth is going to precede what is already inside of your heart. And so I encourage you tonight to take God's word and fill it with your heart and fill it in your heart. It's amazing that the Bible says to, to meditate upon these things. If you, Joshua 1.8 says, if you want to be successful, then you better hide God's word in your heart. So many scriptures in the Old Testament, also in the New Testament, tell us to write God's word upon your heart. Back in Old Testament times, God told the children of Israel, tell your children, and their children can tell their children, and their children can tell their, their children. Why? So that they wouldn't make some of the mistakes that were made previously. Many of us have made mistakes in here. We're all sinners. If you're in here and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you are only a sinner saved by the grace of God. You have the same exact sin. You are still a sinner even after you've accepted Christ as your Savior. The only thing that separates you from the world is the grace of God. Which means that we hold one thing in common. And that's sin. We all look different. We all talk different. We all, we all have different attributes. We all have different things about us. But one thing we hold in common is sin. And one of the things that everyone struggles with is their mouth. Man, anything comes out. <laughs> anything goes sometimes, doesn't it? I encourage you that some, don't, don't look at your conversation as that something that can change as the different places where you go. When you come to church, you have a holy conversation, but when we leave the church, it changes. Your conversation in here should also be the same out there. Your conversation at the grocery store should be the same thing in here. You know, if, if we would take that philosophy of being the same everywhere that we go, especially with our speech, how much of a difference can we make outside of these walls? Uh, there's a lot of people outside of these walls that they need, to be, they need to accept Christ as their Savior. They need to be discipled. They need to grow in the Lord. One of the greatest things that we can do is to share God's truth with people. And that comes with our conversation. It comes with our conversation. See, I don't believe that my words are very powerful. I'll end with an illustration for you if you're a football fan, and, and if I've got this wrong, you can also correct me also on this. Vince Lombardi made a speech. He said, just hit, just run, just block, just tackle. It wasn't a very, very well-rehearsed speech. It wasn't something he probably went home and took hours to write out. It wasn't some, some speech that you look at and think, man, that was just so powerful. It was just so convicting. It was just so motivating. It wasn't that kind of speech. Just hit, just run, just block, just tackle something that they had done a thousand times before, something they had probably known uh, for the majority of their life and had been taught. But he goes to his team, Vince Lombardi, being one of the most famous, famous players, he says, just hit, just run, just block, just tackle. Uh, in the Super Bowl, they were going to be facing the Oakland Raiders, and the Oakland Raiders uh, were, 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 or the, the Green Bay Packers were the underdog. The Oakland, Oakland Raiders were supposed to win that game. And this speech was made on January 14th of 1968, and they faced the Oakland Raiders, and the Green Bay Packers won 
33 to 14. I can tell you this, the one who gets that credit is Vince Lombardi because he just, just hit, just run, just block, just tackle. All he's saying is just do what you know to do. And yet his words were so compelling, his words were so motivating, his words were so powerful. Many speeches have been made before men go into war. Many speeches have been made by presidents. Many speeches have been made for this, um, this great country that we live in that changed the course of the nation because of some man's words or some woman's words as well. Our words have power, folks. Be very careful not to underestimate its influence. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but... The tongue can no man tame. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God, meaning they are made after the likeness of God. And sometimes we come to church, and we worship the Lord, and we lift him up in praise, and yet the same mouth that we use to worship God, we go out to, to hurt other men and women. He says, these things ought not so to be. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain... Send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain yield, both yield salt water and flesh. Fresh. Untamable. You can't tame it. You say, so what are you trying to tell me tonight? Give this to him. Allow your heart to soak up God's word. So much so that the only type of conversation that comes out of your mouth is something holy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for this time that I've had for this wonderful church.